Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, April 6th. I'm Jacob Cohn here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Kicking off today is the Masters, one of the biggest shows in golf, one of the biggest tournaments in pro sports, and one that also does not allow phones. Okay, we'll get to that. Also, voice notes are on the rise. Speaking of phones, we'll get to that as well. But first, before we do, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack leg. All right, Juliet, what are you looking at? So German game designer Klaus Tuber has passed away at 70, and he is probably best known for inventing the wildly popular board game Catan. It used to be called Settlers of Catan. If you've ever played it, you know it's epic. It takes hours, um, but it's very popular. Since its debut in 1995, it's been translated into over 40 languages and sold over 40 million copies. It also had a huge bump during the pandemic. Sales were up 144% in the first five months of 2020. Wow. As people staying inside were like, hey, let's get into board games. <laughs> so Catan Studios is inviting those who wish to honor Klaus and his memory to do so by being kind to one another, pursuing your creative passions fearlessly, and enjoying a game with your loved ones. That's nice. Well, I, I have to say, though, I do feel like when I see my friends playing a competitive game of Catan, uh, the kindness goes out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we can hope. And and yeah, this is a remarkable brand. Uh, it's also changed hands like a pile of ore. Uh, in 2018, the French company that owned the rights to the English Catan sold for $1.4 billion to a private equity firm. It's a lot of sheep. Yeah. <laughs> what else? So there is a YouTuber. His username is Granday with two Ys. I hope oh, that's nice. how it says. <laughs> so he asked ChatGPT to write him a rap about cats in the style of Eminem and then made an AI-generated parody of that song. John Oliver actually had it on his show. And, you know, it really does sound a lot like Eminem. I wouldn't necessarily say that it sounds like a song I think Eminem would write, but no? it sounds <laughs> like Eminem is doing the rapping. Okay. So yeah, great, great use of AI. However, um, Universal Music Publishing Group, that's the one you got to go to if you want to license Eminem's music. They actually issued a takedown notice. And so the video was removed from YouTube and Grande received a copyright strike. So that was a bummer. I guess he felt it was a little bit extreme. He told Motherboard that he had clearly labeled it as a parody and noted that it was AI generated. And it's kind of just highlighting the legal gray area that we're in right now with AI. I think Eminem should just do a song about cats. I completely agree. But yeah, this is just going to be a huge deal in the coming months. You're still already a big deal right now. We're talking about it. Right. I actually saw the guy from the, the Decemberists asked ChatGPT to write him a Decemberist song, and he did the song himself. So he okay. just, it's just the lyrics, <laughs> but he's actually performing it. Right, but then who owns the, right, who owns the, right, the exactly. song? Right. It's, it's very <laughs> confusing. Anything else? 
Uh, yeah, the last thing that I'm looking at is something that I find extremely exciting. Not sure if anyone else who isn't a, a big transit enthusiast would find this <laughs> as exciting. But so in Scotland, in Edinburgh, there's a fleet of five autonomous buses and they are going to ferry about 10,000 passengers a week along this 14 mile route, which is pretty exciting considering a lot of transit agencies right now, one of the biggest challenges they're facing is just not enough people to drive the bus right. or, or to, you know, be in charge of the train or, or whatever other um, modes of transportation they're offering. So there was a successful pilot program in January and the system is rolling out in May. There are going to be two employees on every one of these buses. One oversees the piloting system. The other is there to help passengers take tickets, answer questions, et cetera. But these buses will be driving themselves, which is uh, kind of exciting for the future of public these are double-decker buses, right? Yeah, these are big buses. Very cool. Very, uh, that's a cool one. I like that. A few things I'm following. Uh, unfortunately, Bob Lee, the Cash App founder and MobileCoin chief mm -hmm. product officer, was killed in a stabbing in San Francisco early Tuesday morning. MobileCoin CEO Josh Goldbart said in a statement, Lee was made for the world that is being born right now. He was a child of dreams. And whatever he imagined, no matter how crazy he made, real. This is Pretty terrible news coming out of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Also, moving along, what's that phrase in a gold rush build payment processing technology? Fintech company Stripe's products have in many ways been the internet economy's equivalent to building shovels in a gold rush. And now, according to some new numbers from a company update, Stripe processed $817 billion of transactions in 2022. That's up 26% from 2021, and now is more than 100 companies each processing more than a billion dollars in payments over the platform. It's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, it is not easy being green. Sweet green stock was down some 10% yesterday after Chipotle filed a trademark infringement suit over the salad chain's new Chipotle chicken burrito bowl which, by the way, are just words that will instantly make you hungry no matter what a court of law says about them. Chipotle suggested a lowercase rename to Chicken Bowl with Chipotle, which hmm. still makes us just as hungry, and I don't really know how different that is, but I understand where they're coming from. <laughs> okay, so in today's newsletter, Sarah wrote about some interesting data around the rise of voice notes. And she had a great line basically asking, have you ever typed, I'm literally dying right now in the group chat, but worried the words just weren't enough, which I think is just like a great line. Uh, and, and I feel like there's mm -hmm. some good, maybe Key and Peel skit in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, according to Vox, voice notes are more popular than ever. Who knows, perhaps this is all uh, in search of a, cure for what's referred to now as the loneliness epidemic. Uh, and the numbers are interesting here. Americans are are clearly opting to perhaps spill their tea verbally more than ever. 62% of Americans say they've sent a voice note at least once. Now, 30% say they use voice notes to communicate weekly, daily, or multiple times a day. And those aged 18 to 29 use voice messaging more, with 43% using it at least weekly. Uh, last year, WhatsApp reported that users sent a whopping 7 billion voice messages per day. The app introduced voice messaging in 2013, and while it's recently picked up some speed in the U.S., it's really long been popular elsewhere. Uh, a lot of people in the U.S. 
have never used WhatsApp. And just a crazy fact to put things into perspective, there are more people who use WhatsApp in India than there are Americans, period. WhatsApp also recently added a feature that lets users post voice notes as statuses for their contacts here. Uh, Some AIM throwback stuff there. But these little audio intrusions can be polarizing too. Some people love them. Some people kind of hate them. I think they've grown on me personally. They're more fun, personal. But uh, as Sarah also pointed out, the downside is that, yes, you do actually have to laugh out loud instead of typing the letters LOL if you are the voice note type. So Yes, I I actually noticed that the only people who have ever sent me voice notes are family in Colombia. (laughs) (laughs) No one in the United States has ever sent me a voice note. But I think one I think one reason for that um, and something that I think voice notes are good for is so my Spanish is pretty bad. And I think when my aunt especially sends me voice notes, it's because it's easier for her to just say something in English than try to type something in English to me. So like for us having this language barrier between us, I think it's easier for her to speak English and it's easy for me to understand that's that. interesting. That's really interesting. And the data actually supports that. Uh, the numbers also show that 13% of people have reported that they use voice notes for exactly that reason, for overcoming language barriers. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so the Masters is teeing off today. Juliet, I know you're a huge fan of the Masters. Mm, Yes. um, (laughs) Watch it every year. (laughs) Well, I got the feeling uh, Ben was not the biggest fan, uh, biggest golf fan, at least either. By the way, he said the Masters is a shared societal illusion designed to give dad something to talk about. I think Mm. it's up for debate, but I understand it. I understand where everyone's coming from. (laughs) Anyway, though, There's one more perhaps unexpected reason why the Masters grabs our attention, especially in the world of sports and entertainment. And that's because it's one of the highest profile cell phone free environments, I think still probably in existence. Banning portable electronics at Augusta National is a conscious decision the hosts vow to maintain and to enforce. I think one dude from Atlanta was once banned for life after his dad accidentally brought a phone to a practice round. I mean, honestly, why should they do things any differently? The phone policy has done nothing to slow fan interest. Tickets are so in demand that, according to Golf Digest, the odds of winning the Masters ticket lottery, 0.55%, are way lower than those of, I don't know, getting into Harvard, for sure. Uh, And if anything, the ban adds to the appeal, right, for the 40,000 attendees and more than 10 million TV viewers. The Masters is visually striking theaters, still not so far from the sights and sound of the inaugural 1934 Masters. Mm -hmm. You know, though, uh, the thing that is most interesting to me about this is that golf actually has a really big and trendy presence on TikTok now. The PGA Tour is almost one and a half million followers, and the Masters has an account with more than 260,000 followers what happens in 20 years when, you know, certain generations are aged out and others are aged up? Does this phone mm. ban still stay in place? Well, I would assume that the person that posts to TikTok is like one of a credentialed media person who is allowed to use their phone. Yeah. And that that I was actually thinking is kind of interesting. Um, uh, when I think about it in terms of other events that sometimes ban phones. So... For me, the most obvious comparison is movie theaters. Mm. If I go to the movie theater by my house, 
that's like cheap, no thrills. I have witnessed a guy take an entire phone call in the middle of a movie. Oh, good, good. You go to Alamo <laughs> Draft House. I've never seen it happen, but I've heard you're on your phone and get kicked out. And mm. then I went to another theater that's very similar to Alamo where you can have drinks and food brought to your seat. And people do use their phones in the middle of the movie to order an, another drink, right. which I actually found less disruptive than people getting up to go get a refill and coming That's back. That's very interesting. So I, has this, <laughs> I was thinking the other day about like, what is the perfect amount of phone use in a movie theater? Which led me to think about, you know, all these other experiences that we have, such as a concert where you can take a couple of pictures to have a memory, or you can be that person that holds their phone up during the entire concert <laughs> and blocks the person behind you. Yes. And I just feel like, I feel like the masters probably has that very conscientious phone usage where it's like, this person can use their phone for our TikTok. You can't just sit there and block everybody with your crummy, <laughs> right. shaky shots. And it's like, I feel like I, I feel like I'm good with that. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Ezra Trupiano, and executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have an awesome Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.